0: most important thing about your business could be how your products are packaged. Packaging is the signature that you leave everywhere, and it speaks volumes about who you are and what you do. This is Ditch the Box with David Maranac. In today's show, we'll talk about marketing, increased sales, and how it relates to product packaging. Have you explored alternatives like flexible packaging? You should. It can save your company a bundle. Now, here is David Maranac.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Ditch the Box, the marketing slash flexible retail packaging slash how to build your brand radio show. I'm David Marinak, your host. As you know, our show is about marketing and flexible retail packaging with a few other related topics in between, such as how to build your brand, dealing with major retailers and even supply chain. Today's show, we have two guests that I know you're going to like. Marketing professor Yong Wang from Ohio University has a great perspective on the entire marketing industry in respect to the students he teaches each year, along with his thoughts on dealing with Chinese factories for different products and services. Young was personable, approachable, and a real credit to the marketing department at OU. Then we'll dig into content marketing with Owen Blevins. Owen is a partner with Focus Inbound and just knows this industry like the back of his hand. He shares his thoughts and valuable insight that I know you'll benefit from. But first, like we do every week, let's take a look at some news and notes from our world of retail packaging. Sustainability. In an old guard industry with over 150 years of history, railroad companies like Union Pacific Corporation, UNP, are embracing technology to promote fuel efficiency in the 21st century. The aim, to lower costs and cut fossil fuel gas emissions. Union Pacific Railroad, the nation's largest railroad company, has over 8,000 locomotives and serves 23 states west of Chicago, Illinois, and New Orleans, Louisiana. Michael Iden and a team of engineers have developed AeroEdge, a technology that's intended to make freight trains carrying containers stack one on top of another more aerodynamic and therefore more fuel efficient. Now, I mention this specifically because so much of our flexible retail packaging is moved throughout the U.S. by railcar. Here's a little about a few startups hoping to rekindle Americans' love affair with the iconic sugar candy brittle by updating the old-fashioned confection with bold new flavors and textures that will appeal to a broader audience. Cornelia Confections recently reformulated her Thin Crunch small batch brittle to be made with high fru- that usually was made with high fructose corn syrup. The new formula uses tapioca syrup, which behaves the same way but doesn't have the bad wrap of corn syrup. Her brittles have bold flavors millennials will love, such as coconut ginger and almond mocha. Another company, Nut What's, another startup, offers a protein packed better-for-you twist, on brittle by upping the ratio of nuts to about 70% to 30% candy brittle to position the bite-sized treat as a post-workout snack versus a candy treat. Potato chips, I'm sorry, potato chips, tortilla chips, and cheese snacks are performing strongly in the US retail market despite growing demand for healthier snacking options. However, the big winners in the snack aisle this year are ready to eat popcorn, R-T-E-R-T, I'm sorry, ready to eat popcorn, RTP, meat snacks and and seeds, Ready to eat popcorn dollar sales are up over 24% while meat snacks like jerky are, over, are up over 16% and seeds like sunflower and pumpkin seeds are up 5.5% in dollar sales versus the previous year. Some brands that you'll recognize that are dominating the industry right now, Skinny Pop, Smart Food Brands, Way Better Snacks, and Slim Jim. Jelly Belly is launching a line of USDA-certified organic candies, including fruit-flavored snacks, gourmet jelly beans, and other confections. This, again, from the Snacks and Sweets Expo last month. Crayon maker Crayola has confirmed that it's aware of an ongoing public appeal that urges the company to stop making its color your mouth candy products to children over fears of the artificial dyes used that could trigger trigger possibly hyperactivity in many sensitive children. Microwave assisted thermal sterilization or mats improves on retorting minimizing time temperature requirements to produce healthier foods and cleaner labels. Convention thermal processing also causes significant damage to the flavor texture, color, and nutritional content of food. So says Mike Lucadas, founder and CEO of 915 Labs. MATS, for short, natural food processing and packaging solutions from 915 provides a healthier, highly efficient and modern alternative to the old approach. As we've heard about recalls and contaminations in different industries lately, food packaging equipment professionals are best positioned to safely, again, best positioned to safely and effectively design, configure, or specify food packaging equipment when they understand the risks of allergens and contamination on packaged food safety. Equipment engineers and stakeholders are well advised to cooperate with food safety and quality managers into the quest of control hazards and provide safe products to consumers. Here are 11 menu trends shaping U.S. food service. Number one, fresh food to go. Number two, clean ingredients, such as consumers' ingredients that consumers will recognize. Healthy kids' meals. Number four, sw- switch up serving sizes. Another is food waste reduction, minimalist, using minimalist packaging. Number six, local and regional sourcing. Number seven, ancient grains, non-wheat alternatives and ethnic flavors. Number eight, gluten-free products. Number nine, meat-free options. Number 10, free-range animal, that, that basically take into account the animal, the well animal welfare, and number 11, and number 11, bold, bold flavors. The Food and Drug Administration finalized its determination that partially hydrogenated oils, the primary dietary resource of artificial trans fat and processed foods, are not generally recognized as safe, for use in human food. The agency will give food manufacturers three years, or by June 18, 2018, to reformulate products or petition permission for specific PHO uses. Following the compliance period, no PHOs will be allowed to be added to human food unless otherwise approved by the agency. That's big time. Health Canada proposed new product labeling measures in an effort to make labels and nutrition facts table easier for consumers to read and understand and thus make healthier choices. The public agency took into consideration comments from more than 10,000 Canadians, including consumers, health groups, and the food industry. Sugar contents are among the changes, with the proposal recommending that include the inclusion of a percentage daily value a clearer indication of the amount of sugar and its source. The proposal would also require manufacturers to list all food coloring agents by their common names, not those other crazy words that we see on labels, helping consumers with food allergens allergies to avoid those products. Nuts, yogurt, healthy cereal and natural organic crackers Top the list of 20 snack categories that show the most growth potential to consumers, according to market research group TNS. Soft tortillas, wraps, pitas, and dessert style yogurt ranked sixth and seventh, respectively, on the list, while cheese varieties took the next three spots. Protein based sandwiches, peanut butter, gluten free bread, guacamole dip, and squeezable yogurt and salsa came through at 11 through 16. Specialty coffees, iced coffee, drinks, and fruit smoothies rank 17th through 20th. Five lessons learned when food professionals of all stripes gathered at the recent 2015 Edible Business Conference. Some things to keep in mind. Number one, a brand is a promise. A good brand is a promise well kept. Think about that. A brand is a promise, and a good brand is a promise well kept. The next big thing isn't necessarily one thing. That's number two. It's not necessarily one big thing. Number three, education is key to a better future for our food and our planet. Number four, people make the difference. Again, people make the difference. And number five, investment is getting slower. Investment's getting slower. And when you spell it right, ROI has an S in it. S as in social. So the key thing here to keep in mind is investors are looking for a social return on their investments, which is very, very interesting. So folks, it's on, it's on time for a, a quick short break. When we come back, we'll be talking with marketing professor Yong Wang. I hope everybody stays tuned. And again, this is Ditch the Box with your host, David Marinak. More coming up.
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've got a great product, and it's now on the store shelves at all the major big box retailers. So what's the problem? You are getting squeezed. Cost reductions are demanded from the retailers, and they are not letting up. So, what are you going to do? You can give in and watch your margins disappear, and hope you can make them up with other clients or with other products. You can say no, and watch the retailers make deals with your competitors. Or, you could say yes, because you've discovered a way to increase your margins and even get lost margins back. At StandUpPouches.net, we live and breathe flexible retail packaging. We have factories that can run as few as 5,000 pieces and scale to millions without any change in quality. We are ISO 9000 and ISO 14000 approved and offer complete supply chain solutions using our Ohio warehouse. Your retail packaging is the voice of your brand. Don't use inferior packaging. Choose packaging that not only protects, but keeps products fresher for longer while building your brand. To learn more, visit us at www.standuppouches.net or call us at 866-440-2123. Engage with Andy Bush takes you inside the mind of a top global market and public policy analyst who has been featured regularly on CNBC, Yahoo Finance, and numerous
1: radio and television programs. Our program will bring you guests and stories from the top of the political and business worlds. Each show includes Andy's point of view roundup and what it means for you at home. Life's complicated. Let Andy help you figure it out. Tune in every Friday at 12 noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
0: You are listening to Ditch the Box with David Marinac. If you'd like more information about our program, send David an email to david at standuppouches.net. That's David at StandUpPouches.net. Now, back to Ditch the Box. Welcome back, everyone,
1: to segment number two. Joining us from Athens, Ohio, as I mentioned earlier, is Professor Yong Wang. Yong's global business curiosity played an important role in his education and business slash legal practice. Throughout the years, he's conducted extensive consulting work in Europe Asia-Pacific, and the Americas for many multinational corporations and small firms. He's also worked on numerous research projects for leading consulting agencies such as Roland Berger, McKinsey, A.C. Nielsen, Thomas Reuters, and PwC, and international organizations such as World Trade Organization, or WTO. His experience has taught him a lot on how to work with people companies from diverse backgrounds for the opportunities ahead. Young is a proud Robert H. Freeman Professor of Strategic Marketing at OU, Ohio University, and has helped him fully understand that globally-oriented, experience-based, career-focused, and success-driven learning is the key to success for students and himself. Over the years, his research has appeared in over 40 peer-reviewed academic journals in marketing, management, and international business. His research passion remains diverse and global. He is into many emerging businesses and consumer issues related to, te- to technological, social, and environmental changes with an emphasis on the global context. His hope is one day he can make some impact in research, teaching, and consulting. And I bet he's already done that. How do you like that? Professor Yong Wang, welcome to the show.
2: Hello, David. Thank you for I having me. I am so glad here. that you're here. Great.
1: Now, let me get started, Young, if I can. All uh, right. A common by the way, definition. Thank you for the introduction. Great. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. How did I do? Did I do okay? No, I didn't know. I was such a wonderful person. Like you described. <laughs> we try our best. No, no, okay. no. You you don't, You don't. come highly rated. Your students love you, by the way, and I found that out from more than one student. So. Nice to know that. Yes. Now, a common definition of marketing is this. Marketing is everything you do to place your product or service into the hands of potential customers. It includes diverse disciplines like sales, public relations, pricing, packaging, and distribution. Marketing is your strategy for allocating resources, I should say, such as time and money in order to achieve your objective, which is a fair profit for supplying a good product or service. Now, young, I know mm-hmm. that's rather long-winded. But would you agree with that definition or add or subtract anything in regards to that definition, broad definition of marketing?
2: Um, I like that definition. Uh, is that your definition?
1: No. No, I pulled that actually and pieced that together from a couple of different um, okay. places on the internet, but I really did like it as well because it okay. really does kind of cover the main,
2: to my opinion, the main points I of agree. marketing. I agree. Because I think this definition is definitely better than my version. do you have Um, uh, a particular version uh, yeah i I agree but honestly speaking i I think um the definition is kind of (laughs) long yeah Yeah, no kidding uh, to me um if you were asking me to um you know add my um thought on this i would say uh i agree definitely but um i think um marketing is all about uh, creating and delivering that value to your clients to your customers you know, and, and that value creation and delivery can be in different ways, right? As you mentioned, sales, you know, through populations, sponsorship, uh, with good understanding of pricing, you know, with good packaging practices, right? And, uh, you know, your, your marketing channels, such as where to sell. So um, obviously your definition is, is a great one, yeah. But again... I want to highlight the, the perspective of value, Uh, But I um, I like
1: that you brought up the. It's also to me, and I think you'll agree with this. It's it's how we communicate that value promise, if you will. Would you agree? It's that it's that communication piece. To me, everything kind of underlies uh, the communication. Whoever communicates
2: best wins, generally speaking, through the marketing channel. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's why a lot of people call marketing marketing communications. Right. You know, from that perspective, you know everything. Um, you know, cannot be sold unless you start marketing communications. You know, that includes, you know, not only sales, but also, um, you know, advertising, sponsorship, you know, right. all the way to promotions. Everything you have to do is to, to tell your clients, your customers, that how um, important, how great your value is. is right. Right.
1: right. And whether it's, it's value as in the product itself or value as in um, the support that your company provides once they right. buy your product or whatever, it's all
2: about that value promise. I think you're spot on. I agree. Especially nowadays, the relational value is so important, right? The value out of a very strong, healthy relationship between the buyer, the seller, or say between you and your uh, customer is such an important perspective of value. Without that, th- I doubt any business can be done. You know, any uh, brand can, can have value for the consumer. I think
1: you're, I think you're right on with that because it's, it's, again, you've got to be able to um, deliver what you promise, if you will. You've got to be able to kind of make sure you do what you say you're going to do. And I, I think it's very interesting. Definitely. Now, you've done some extensive research projects for some of the leading consulting agencies of the world, like McKinsey and A.C. Nielsen. Can you tell us about some of those projects?
2: Um, I started working with um, you know a few consulting agencies when I was um, in the international business profession, uh-huh. where at that time, a lot of um, Western companies were trying to um, enter or say set foot in the uh, the Chinese market, either you know, to, to uh, build their factories, their manufacturing facilities, or sometimes to find a marketing channel, to sell their products. So in order to do that, a lot of times, uh, they hire these consulting firms like McKinsey and AC Nielsen mm-hmm. to conduct, uh, you can call that a project feasibility study or a marketing plan. So a lot of times, um, I work with these companies to actualize these plans. You know so you would implement what <laughs> they kind has, of,
1: you know, would come together and say, you know, here, here young, here are some things we want to try to, you know, prove that this would be a good investment for us to kind of, you know, work with China in this particular case or work with this right. particular country. That's interesting.
2: Right. So a lot of times I work with these agencies to provide information data, uh, if not to, because at that time, um, you know, in, in terms of business, I, you know, I, I, I was in the legal profession too. The sure. legal Side of the international business, I would say that. Um, So, a lot of times I was a person uh, actually handling all the uh, registration and the purchase processes. That's why uh, I work with these agencies to to get the actual process done. So, I learned a lot from these agencies in terms of how they work and uh, how to do research for their clients.
1: Was there anything in particular that, that kind of stood out as you as you were doing these projects as far as you know, some sort of an eye-opening thing that, you know, that was, I wouldn't say profound, but something that really stood out to you when you did that research? Oh, definitely.
2: Yeah. And that was a very valuable experience for me. Um, of course, I learned a lot. But overall, I think I learned the way of um, you know, how they consider relationship as the priority because nowadays in international business so everything is about relationship. You know. Sometimes you would think, okay, as long as I can find a manufacturing site, you know, I can build my factory. Right. The things are not that simple. There's always right. cultural barriers, right? There's always things you don't know. And you need to adapt to the local culture, local business environment all the time. So without the spirit of having a very good business relationship in the local community. It's very hard for any foreign company or foreign business professional to be successful in China or some other countries in any countries I would say.
1: Right? I think you are you are so right on and I noticed that specifically and I and you touched on something I was going to bring up later, but it might as well kind of follow on that. Because it's so often that people think you can just pick up the phone or Alibaba or whatever it is or, you know, if somebody just flies out to China and stop by and knock on someone's door per se without truly taking the time to understand the Chinese mm. culture and how they how they think, how they work. And mm. really and truly get to know them and their you know who they are versus just coming in saying well I want 10 million bags and this is my price what you're saying is exactly what we've discovered and and, and realized was that you really have to take the time to learn about them their culture how they do business and work around that um right. you know a lot of times american companies tend to be arrogant and just come in there and say, well, it does, doesn't matter. No, 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 no. This is, we're talking human beings here. We're talking about, you know, be respectful of me and I'll be respectful of you and vice versa. Mm. And that, the Chinese are no different. I found that that was, they're, they're incredibly gracious and very hardworking. And again, if we, if we take the time to learn about who they are and how they operate and how they operate best, they'll, they'll work incredibly hard to make sure that we are successful. I think that's mm. fascinating.
2: Like you said, I agree. Um, you know, basically we're all human beings, right? We right. have emotions, and business takes very important step to complete, which is, I think, trust. You know, right. without trust, which is relationship, right? And you cannot really have a long term, you know, um, you know, outcome with good result. That's sure. that's my perspective, and that's actually what I learned in that um, kind of you know, how to draft a marketing plan or project feasibility. A lot of times on the paper, the plan is wonderful, right? <laughs> like in sales. right? right. You have a very, very good sales forecast based on you know, the understanding of your product. But how can you sell it? You have to sell it through people. Right? So without having a very good working relationship with the distributors, you know, your clients, you just cannot sell. Do you, anyway, yeah. do, do you recommend business
1: yeah do you recommend that people when they are going to be dealing with China do you recommend that they um, find an agency or find somebody on the ground in China per se that um, that again is um, that can speak the language and understand the culture per se that that actually is a path of least resistance and and is a good strategy
2: I believe it is a plus because um, having an agency that Knows the culture that knows how to work around this, this culture and the things behind it. I believe will actually um, eventually lower the cost yes. of marketing and of, of you know of this this uh, supply chain management process. Although uh, I believe to a lot of people, hiring someone or hiring an agency to do this may you know I would say may may seem to to cost extra money, but I think it's worth. Boy, and,
1: and you are just hitting the the ball right out of the park, my friend. And we didn't even really rehearse anything. This is you're exactly right. The cost to have somebody that acts as your representative in dealing with countries like China, and to be able to kind of that that can articulate um, what it is that you're good at, what it is that you're looking for, what it is that you need in particular, whatever it may be, when we can do something like that, that small 5% or whatever that nominal cost is, and it's nominal, um, can pay huge dividends. And and so often people look at that and go, oh, that's money out of my pocket. Nonsense. That's money well spent, in my my belief, because it, it really kind of you know who would rather what would you rather do? You'd rather make sure that your product is being made and shipped and delivered properly versus guessing. And having that person, having that company that is your representative is just is just to me is just a wonderful way to um, to, to to again get what you want by by also
2: being able to clearly communicate what you need. I completely agree. and I uh, recommend. Um, having an agent or having someone um, as a representative in China or some other emerging countries, right, for companies such as the SMEs, you know, small, medium-sized companies, or companies lacking the international business experience, I don't think it's a problem, lacking the experience. That's why I think they should um, find an agent that is specialized in managing this process.
1: Wow. Young, you're absolutely right. We could talk. We're going to have to have you back because, my friend, I think (laughs) that we have just opened up a whole can of worms in a good way uh, because we've got topics that we really didn't even get into. We've got topics about... Your philosophies when you teach, we've got, and your students, and, and former students per se, and, and research stuff that you've done before in the past. But, but this huge thing, this huge elephant in the room, for lack of a better way to put it, is this buying from China. And um, I would love to have you back. I apologize that we oh. didn't
2: fit in enough time, but would you be
1: willing will to be come back pleasure. in the next couple of weeks?
2: It will be a great pleasure to have further conversation with you, David. I um, just
1: think that you are, you are totally on to something, and you could help us kind of <laughs> pave the way. So, Yong, I am going to reschedule to have you come back because we could spend a whole you. day with you. Thanks, my By friend. By the
2: way, I only knew you were a very successful business professional <laughs> and a manager of a very profitable, very trustworthy business. However, I didn't know you were a host, and I enjoyed your show earlier <laughs> until now. You. Thank you. Uh, Uh, I
1: I really want to know you more. You got it. You got it, and we'll make sure that happens. Hey, everyone! When we come back, we'll be talking content marketing with President and Founder of Focus Inbound, Owen Blevins. Stay tuned, everyone, and we're clear. Thanks.
0: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've got a great product, and it's now on the store shelves at all the major big box retailers. So what's the problem? You are getting squeezed. Cost reductions are demanded from the retailers, and they are not letting up. So what are you going to do? You can give in and watch your margins disappear and hope you can make them up with other clients or with other products. You can say no and watch the retailers make deals with your competitors. Or you could say yes because you've discovered a way to increase your margins and even get lost margins back. At StandUpPouches.net, we live and breathe flexible retail packaging. We have factories that can run as few as 5,000 pieces and scale to millions without any change in quality. We are ISO 9000 and ISO 14000 approved and offer complete supply chain solutions using our Ohio warehouse. Your retail packaging is the voice of your brand. Don't use inferior packaging. Choose packaging that not only protects but keeps products fresher for longer while building your brand. To learn more, visit us at www.standuppouches.net or call us at 866 440 2123. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization,
1: Become our friend on Facebook. Post
0: your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Ditch the Box with David Maranak. If you'd like more information about our program, send David an email to David at StandUpPouches.net. That's David at StandUpPouches.net now back to ditch the box welcome back everyone
1: to segment three of today's edition of ditch the box folks as i mentioned last week and will continue to mention over the course of this program our business which is flexible retail packaging revolves around marketing how we communicate everything there is to know about stand-up pouches flat barrier bags spouted stand-up bags for liquids etc even further People who need flexible retail packaging and use it need to know about the materials that, they are, that are needed, the combinations of engineered barrier film that protect their contents of their package. They'll need to know about the barrier properties of the film, how the film would be printed, sealed, even shipped. The point I'm getting at, once again, is marketing is key. We truly believe whoever communicates best wins. Now, marketing has certainly evolved over the years. The days of an ad agency that gets the word out about a company's product or service are long gone, replaced with content marketing, also known as inbound marketing, items such as blogs, videos, LinkedIn, social media, eBooks, e-newsletters, and more. All of these tools can be used. In fact, they should be used to communicate with customers and potential customers. Here today to shed more light onto the world of content marketing is my friend Owen Blevins. Owen refers David. to himself. <laughs> well, let me jump in here real quick, and let me finish this, buddy, if I can. You started sure. and sold more than a dozen businesses in your career, and you have a deep passion for sales and marketing. In January 2013, he opened Focus Inbound, where he, communicate, or he helps businesses harvest revenue from the Internet economy by increasing their online monetization. He does this by analyzing a company's market and and then helps them develop strategies to dominate their specific vertical with a focus on inla- inba- online or online or inbound marketing. Owen is active in his community, having been a big brother, board member for the Hugh O'Brien Youth Foundation, a member of the Marketing Committee for the Boy Scouts of America, PA Dutch Council chapter, And past participating stakeholder with the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection. He is active in his church and currently serves as assistant scoutmaster for Boy Scout Troop 142 in Littitz, Pennsylvania. Most importantly, Owen is a Lancaster County native who resides in Littitz with his wife, Molly, and two children, Liam and Amelia, and the newest member of their family, Scout. Scout is a 16-month-old Labradoodle. Owen. Welcome to the show. Sorry to step on your toes.
3: Oh heck, I stepped on here. Sorry about that, David. Uh, good it's, to be uh, here.
1: Thanks for inviting <laughs> me. I'm uh, delighted to be here. Good. Thank you very much. So, our audience, as I was rattling off that thirty thousand foot view of content marketing, inbound marketing strategy that you and I, and all the tools that, and all the tools that you work with on a regular basis, like AdWords and pay-per-click, but you and I both know that this industry has evolved over the past five to ten years, really from nothing, from scratch. My first question, what happened? Where did this industry kind of come from and, and why?
3: Interesting question. So I'll, I'll tell you, a couple key things happened. Of course, it started out with blogging, people saying, oh, right. here's a medium I can get on and basically for the exchange of my time, I can share my thoughts, ideas with the world, right? Well, right. that caught on. And before you knew it, there's, I think, Last count, there's a billion-plus blogs out there, and it's a crowded environment, right? It's, it, everybody's jumping for attention on the web. So it's really evolved to the point where the people go to the web to educate and inform themselves, right? Uh, yeah. The first thing, you know, it's, it's now an adjective. What do you do? You Google something, right? It's, uh, it's a company that has you know, made billions and billions of dollars in, in market value, uh, allowing people to find things or answers to their questions. And you, my friend, uh, have discovered this years ago, of course, and uh, as I always say, there's only one reason to be online, and that's to
1: be found by those looking right. for your products or services, right? You're right. You're right.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, and you know, it, well, was it was it the advent per se? I mean, obviously you're mentioning blogging per se, but was it was it really like the the I guess the kind of um, appearance, if you will, or the power of of Google, if you will, that kind of everybody began to compete. I know it's changed a little bit, but everybody kind of became obsessed with being found on Google because Google was really the and still is, but really was the only game in town for for search, and and that kind of brought a lot of this stuff together. Would you would you agree with that?
3: I would. Google was the first to really, what I would say, uh, dominate the market, right? So within the last ten years, there's Google, and then there's uh, who cares, right? Right, right, <laughs> right, right. it, right. Is it, right. Is it Bing, is it Yahoo, who cares, right? Because right. ninety plus percent of the, uh, the folks that are searching are using Google, and you know Google has they they are the eight hundred pound gorilla, eight thousand sure. pound gorilla, for sure. Thing they they own the market. And uh, they lay down the rules. They've done a pretty darn good job of making those rules. I can't say that I agree with all of them, nor anyone agrees with all of them. But they've right. done as good a job as they can, kind of making it a level playing field. And I will tell you, you know, they've learned, right? Google's gotten smart over the last 10 years. Before, you could really play the game. SEO yep. meant, yep. all right, I'm going to hire somebody to manipulate my way into their screen, Right, so I'm gonna yeah. kind of deceive them or cheat or you know uh, use use keywords that really aren't part of my industry to get on someone's radar. So hopefully they'll click on my website and learn more about me. Well, as you know, that went away with Penguin and Panda years ago. Uh, to the point where you know those folks that were gaming the system are no longer around. They're no, long, right. no longer viable. And those folks that really gave great content, right, great information, right great examples, you know. great product info, they're the ones that stood out and still today stand out. That's really what Google is trying to do. Their business is successful if your search is successful, right?
1: And they're obsessed so, with it too, which I think you're, you're right on. You mentioned something I thought was really interesting because I use that word a lot or those words a lot, level the playing field. And in the past, you and I were both kind of knock-on-door sales guys in years past. And, you know, this is pre-internet, of course, and we could only go as far as a phone call or a tank of gas would take us, right? And now, all of a sudden, with with Google, it allowed us um, to compete. And it allowed us to compete on our product knowledge and our industry knowledge. And if we truly give our industry knowledge away and and give it away in a way that's non-promotional, that is, a, you know, again, give people information that they're looking for, they'll look at us as industry experts. And when they look at us as industry experts, it continues to cascade. They want to buy from us. They trust us. And it's so Often in the past, um, companies, like you were saying, try to sketch the or, or, or somehow find a way to trick the system, um, and boy, the penalties are severe, and oh, it's still indeed. amazing and, to and me.
3: Yeah, yeah. so, so let, me, let me go one step further. You know, I said there's one reason to be online, to be found by those looking for you, right? Right. right. Your products and right. services. Now, there's good and bad to that. If they find you and you look like a 1995 website... Right. What's that going to do? It's all about brand. It's all about image. It's all about, well, they're going to look at that and say, you know, even even an uneducated uh, web, a person that's crawling the web is going to say, you know, there's just something wrong about this site. Right. It just doesn't right. sit right with me, right? So they're comparing constantly. They're looking at the image, the brand that you're portraying. Consequently, you need to kind of put your best foot forward because you know, we're all making uh, assumptions and Uh, We all have perceptions based on what we see and read, right? Right. So if you go to a website and you're impressed, what does that do? Well, that puts a little bit of credit in your bank as a business with the visitor, right, the site visitor. They're saying, "Eh, okay, they look like they want to pay attention to the web and they've got some good information on here and it's a pleasing website. It's easy to navigate. Conversely, the opposite is true. If they go to your website and it hasn't been updated in two years and there's cobwebs on the thing, they're going to say, okay. They obviously don't get it. If this is how they handle their website, they're not up on it. Then what else are they not up on? Sure. Don't think I'm going to do business? Yet. And listen, we go through those. We don't, you know, talk to ourselves, but we're thinking these thoughts constantly, right? We're inundated with all these impressions when we go to the web because there's some great examples and there's some really horrible examples. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's very important right. That your your presence on the web be the best foot forward, so to speak, with your, your visitors.
1: Boy, I'll tell you, uh, just as I found with Professor Wang just a little bit ago, we could talk for hours and I'm I'm going to make sure because I know you're coming back for our next segment. We still have a little time in this one. But my point with this is that, um, you know, the more and more we talk about this, I think so many people need to be and need to learn, like you're saying, that impression and how we how we look online is is incredibly important. And 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 a lot of times, a lot of people don't even know where to start or they're they're just they're just. They don't think that they think I've, I keep hearing this, and I know you have, where people think this internet thing is a fad; it's going to go away, which is just comical. It's kind of like what, huh? So this online presence, and, and it just doesn't, you know, all oh, that stuff doesn't work. No, 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 it does work. You're just not playing the game properly. or You're not doing the right things. It's not a game, but you're not just doing the right things. And
3: they're not they're not educated. They don't understand. Right. You know, the nuances about, uh, you know, I hate to use the word online in front of marketing because it's all marketing, right? Yes, yes. Doing the marketing online, the only difference between what we, you know, grew up around, which was, you know, traditional marketing, right? Radio, TV, newspaper, billboards, all that stuff, right? Uh, And inbound, right, or online marketing is that we we can analyze and, you know, just, you know, analyze the metrics out of everything online. Sure, with can. offline or traditional advertising, you can guess, but that's about as good as you can do. Like John Wanamaker, right? This you know, the huge retailer from uh, yep. the turn of the yep. century, 1900s, used to say 50 percent of his uh, advertising dollars were wasted. He just didn't know which 50 percent. <laughs> right. Well, with with online marketing, we know. So not not only can we tweak things that are working we can stop things that aren't working right and we can move those dollars around quickly without having to say geez i wonder if it's working so many times you know my i've been in marketing for 35 years and back in the day before the web you were scared to death to change anything because you were afraid of the consequences the unknown consequences of your changes today you've got metrics that say hey dummy Change. This is not working, right?
1: <laughs> we are talking with my friend and partner with Focus Inbound, Owen Blevins. Owen, we have to take a short break, but I hope, again, I hope you join us for segment number four, our last of the day. I know you've got some takeaway tips, but I want to just even circle back. We really haven't even dug in further to what I want to, you know, that this whole kind of big thing about content. Inbound marketing, if you will. So, folks, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back.
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've got a great product and it's now on the store shelves at all the major big box retailers. So, what's the problem? you are getting squeezed. Cost reductions are demanded from the retailers, and they are not letting up. So what are you going to do? You can give in and watch your margins disappear, and hope you can make them up with other clients or with other products. You can say no and watch the retailers make deals with your competitors. Or you could say yes, because you've discovered a way to increase your margins and even get lost margins back. At StandUpPouches.net, we live and breathe flexible retail packaging. We have factories that can run as few as 5,000 pieces and scale to millions without any change in quality. We are ISO 9000 and ISO 14000 approved and offer complete supply chain solutions using our Ohio warehouse. Your retail packaging is the voice of your brand. Don't use inferior packaging. Choose packaging that not only protects, but keeps products fresher for longer while building your brand. To learn more, visit us at www.standuppouches.net or call us at 866-440-2123. Follow us on Twitter at Voice TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. are listening to Ditch the Box with David Marinac. If you'd like more information about our program, send David an email to david at standuppouches.net. That's david at standuppouches.net. Now, back to Ditch the Box. Thank you, Don Pardo, and welcome
1: back to Ditch the Box. We're talking with President of Focus Inbound, Partner and President of Focus Inbound, Owen Blevins. Owen's my friend. Owen, I am so glad you're here, and I and we could talk for hours, and we're going to talk for hours as we continue on this journey. But Wait, for is those this of, a radio
3: show, I forgot about that. I think yeah, we're just I having a
1: conversation. We just keep going on and on and on. <laughs> hey, for those of us who eat and sleep this stuff, this this content marketing, inbound marketing, etc., we understand that all of these pieces, pay per click blogging is such a work together and can kind of stand on their own as marketing strategies but how would a company even know where to start with all this stuff is blogging better than video is twitter better than facebook any insight to somebody let's take that hypothetical question that somebody knows nothing
3: yeah that that's a that's a good primer for anybody that's just considering getting into inbound or to really kind of delve into the strategy so you're gonna hear me say strategy a couple of times if you let me but you know all the things we talk about with blogging and social media and video, those are tactics, right? They're part of an overall strategy, right? And to me, it's always strategy before tactics. Come up with a strategy and then insert the tactics. So, you know, typically B2B, business to business, as a tactic uh, would not use Facebook. Uh, Primarily, they'd, they'd focus on another medium, whether it's blogging, whether it's video, whether it's LinkedIn, they might consider Facebook after they've mastered two or three other social media avenues. So, But that would be part of your overall strategy, right? Got so it. strategy is critical with this. And I'm going to tell you that if I were to sit down with a company who said, hey, we want to do inbound marketing, we want to be online. Okay, so we're going to do, first thing, an assessment, right? Where are you? Where are you now? Where's your industry? Who's, who's the, uh, the King Kong? Where are you in that uh, food chain? Are you... You know, do you have a good presence? Do you need one? And you're saying your an online presence,
1: just to clarify, right? Where are I'm you sorry, at yes. as far as it's, online it's an presence. online presence, that's right? That's Got correct.
3: It. Yes. Sorry. All right. That's all right. And, and uh, you know, really make sure that uh, you know you understand how your potential clients find you, right? So, what do they do? What do they do? They go online and ask questions. If that's the case, then you need to be there answering those questions, mm-hmm. right? Do they yep. go online to watch videos of your product and your competitors? If that's the case, you need to be there with those videos, right? So you've, it, there are no two businesses that I've worked with, with dozens and dozens of these folks online that are the same. So it's, it's a very individualized plan. And I'll, and I'll tell you, anybody that tells you anything else, anybody that tries to put you into a it's cookie lying. cutter, yeah, not doing you a service.
1: Yeah, I agree with you because it's a lot of times which kind of leads me into that kind of follow-on question. But there's so many companies out there. First of all, before I forget, it's just as important – to recognize and look and search what your competitors are doing as well as what we you know where you can be found in that industry and i think you mentioned that um slightly but you're spot on because when you 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 got to make sure you know what your competitors are doing as you as you plow into this world but the other thing yeah. that i find interesting and, and you found it as well is that so many people don't even get involved with content marketing or inbound marketing because it it seems so overwhelming would you agree to that Yeah, I I would tell you that, you know, there's a little
3: bit of, uh, you know, folks in management, uh, dare I say, people my age. uh, (laughs) Mine too. uh, That's that and yours uh, have risen to that status and they've somewhat been, uh, uh, should I say, protected by having to do this. Whereas the millennials, they grew up with this stuff, they get it, it, they know it. Yeah. You know, guys our age, typically, uh, they're going to be like, you know what, I don't want anything. Don't Facebook me. Don't LinkedIn me. None of this right. stuff. Oh, listen, we just hired an, an online marketing manager. They're going to take care of our whole company. Well, you know as well as I, everybody in your organization has to buy into online marketing or it doesn't right. work. I, I know your company and everybody at your company embraces online marketing, right?
1: Yeah, right. True.
3: Right? And it doesn't right. work if they don't. You've got one person in a company that's doing online marketing everybody's got to be involved not one person it's critical that everybody buys in. And that that's you know what they say a fish stinks from the head if if the owner or boss isn't buying in you know it's not going to work people are going to see and say oh he's just giving a lip service or she's just giving lip service this will pass give it three months it'll die a, a slow death and we'll be back to normal
1: Right? But but Conversely, I think, but, you're, but you mentioned that dying a slow death, and that you're exactly right because we see it every day of how many companies are literally dying on the vine because they just they're either running away from this as a strategy or as a uh, as a tool or anything, and they're slow, and but they don't know what else to do, you know, and it's the, just the it's frustrating. Is not
3: going away. Newsflash, okay, right, right, it is not going away. Um, you know, some some businesses have embraced it and, and get it. Others have right. yet to. But, you, you, you know, this is a fair warning to everybody. you got to be online and you have to have a proactive presence that is informing and educating your potential client. If you're not doing that, you're missing the boat. Let's put it this way. When I go online to look for something, whether it's to buy it as a consumer or to research it as a B2B company... I'm going online. I'm typing into the source of all truth, light, and knowledge. That's Google, right, that's and I'm right. saying, "All right, Mister Google, what's the what's the answer to my question?" And right. it's served up to me, right? And Google right. does what it does best and says, "Look, this was uh, th- these top five were hit, and the people, the dwell time, people stayed on this site and read this." article and shared it and it's got good social share and all that stuff. So I'm going to tell you that these are good answers. Read them. Well, if one of those happens to be mine from my company and I educated someone well and informed them well, I'm going to be the recipient of that person's, I have a high, high probability, great chance of getting that person's business. If I'm not there, if they don't find me in a Google search, you're I'm done. not going to get invited to the party Yeah, you're done. time to make a buying decision.
1: Fascinating. You know, how does how does a company, for example, if they're working with Focus Inbound, which of course I strongly recommend, um, but how does a company that that knows nothing, you know, and again we talked about them starting from scratch, but is there a is there a dollar figure that or that you you know or a time both a time and a dollar figure that that a client says um, I got to start from 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 zero um, and take us through what what is you know yeah, so, what what so kind of you know what kind of questions industry. do you ask and, and david you know
3: i primarily spend my my day in b2b i don't do right. b2c so i'll i'll preface that by saying this is Good. really for a business to business not business to consumers different different metrics different numbers but typically for b2b obviously have a budget right, right. you can't just say well we're going to do it but you know well online's free right my girl can tweet and she can post uh, blogs and whatnot, you've got to have an investment. And that investment uh, comes in the form of analytics, marketing automation. There's companies out there like HubSpot, Marketo, and Eloqua, and SharpSpring, and all these folks really help you with your marketing automation, i.e. they'll streamline the process that a client can uh, take to get through your funnel, right? Your sales funnel. They'll start out with interest. What we want to do is qualify those prospects that come into our website, Right. And marketing automation can, can do a great job. But that stuff costs money. You should have it. It's going to yep. save you a heck of a lot of time yep. and qualify people faster. But, you know, so from a budget standpoint, it's hard to say. I would tell you, um, you know, Army of One versus, uh, you know, a $10 million company, it's going to be, you know, hugely different, right? And the tactics are going to be different. But so I would tell you a mid, mid-sized company of 5 to $10 million you're going to want to have a reasonable budget. Maybe it's hundred grand, hundred and fifty grand. I don't, I hope we don't have people, you know, dialing out of the, the radio show here, right now. No, but you know, I think. I, but investment. again, when
1: you, when you when you look at all this kind of stuff, you have to start with a budget, and that doesn't mean, and you're not saying they have to start out at a hundred grand. That means that they need to start with baby steps and slowly get started with this, and it see see and get by the way, and get some return for this. No one's going to throw a hundred grand out the out the window um, if they do this in bite sized pieces. Like we did initially with Focus Inbound, it that's where you get that win. It's not like hundred grand you watch it go out the window. You slowly but surely get return on this for the buy in overall for the rest of the team. But, oh man. Oh, Start small well and
3: you'll get we, big, right? It's just eat that elephant one bite at a time, David. Right? You got
1: it, brother. Yeah. Owen, oh, we're definitely going to have you back because we have just scratched the surface. Thank you again for joining us. That's Owen Blevins oh, from Focus Inbound. Thanks for Focus having me, David. Uh, my, my best to you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you want to reach Owen for your inbound marketing strategy, his email is Owen at Focus Inbound or contact him at 800-573-1890. Also, thank you to Professor Yong Wang for his insight, not only in the marketing industry, but he gave us some great insight into dealing with overseas and, in particular, Chinese factories. Thank you once again to our producer, Jamie Berling, and our executive producer, The Incomparable winston winnie price tune in next week for another edition of ditch the box where we broadcast live each week from 3 p.m eastern noon pacific on voice america thank you everyone and don't forget to tune in next week and have a great day
0: thanks for listening to ditch the box we're live every wednesday at 12 noon pacific time 3 p.m eastern on the voice america business channel please join david Marinak for another great show next week